Hey, I'm Katie Steinberg, and this is Game Changers. Today, we are joined by the CEO of Wait Times, Zach Klima. Zach, how's it going? Doing well. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. <laughs> um, I am doing great. I'm so excited to have you here and um, appreciate you fitting us into your busy schedule. <laughs> all good. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. <laughs> I know you've been all over recently, so we were honored. <laughs> Oh yeah, you try to you know try to spread the spread the gospel as much as possible. <laughs> um, so, Zach, you are the CEO and creator of Wait Times. Uh, can you tell us the story of how you initially came up with Wait Times? Definitely. So, I'm a Detroit guy. Um, I was born in well, I was born in California, but raised in Detroit. So, I'm a lifelong Detroit Red Wings fan. Yes. So I was probably 24 years old at the time, uh, and I was at uh, Joe Louis Arena. I'm sure all the the the, the OGs remember uh, Joe Louis Arena. It's a of very um, decrepit arena. I'm sure you've been there uh, <laughs> many times. Uh, I remember, so, yeah. We would go for like formals at Michigan State. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Go green. Um, and so we, um, I was at a, a playoff game. It was right after grad school. I graduated from University of Detroit Mercy with a – a master's degree in architecture, which is a little different than what I'm doing now. And, you know, uh, it was my time, it was my turn, my time to, to go get, uh, you know, beers for the guys. And of course I, we had spent all of our money on these tickets We're we're broke college grads and, you know, it was overtime. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go run uh, and get the beers and then come back. It'll be great. So in the time that I was standing in line, in the back of a line, uh, Pavel Datsuk, if you ever, anyone remembers Pavel Datsuk, um, yeah. The magic man, he scored a game winning goal within the first oh. like three, two minutes of overtime. I oh. missed, I missed everything. Everyone came running out and I go, um, after a couple of, uh, expletives, I, I said, well, why, <laughs> who wouldn't as a fan want to know where the shortest lines are? And so I said to myself, that's an opportunity right there. So I kind of looked around, you know, I did my my quick Google searching and all that kind of good <laughs> stuff. And it became more and more than just Google searching. And I, I realized that there was a gap in the market. There was You're no like, one. Why does, was, how is why no does this not exist? This? Correct. Why does this not exist? And I realized as I did further due diligence that people have tried this. And they have oh. failed at it because it was so hard to do. They tried oh. to do this with beacons, which, of course, if anyone knows anything about beacons, they know that they're um, um, very antiquated and inaccurate, which is a little they ping your, your cell phone, um, you know, kind of a, a very remedial solution. They try yeah. to do it with people. So they would literally staff people at the lines and then like radio in to people. Oh, the, the line is long. The line is short. <laughs> but like and a walkie talkie. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. And clipboards. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of crazy. And so oh, I thought God. to myself, well, right then and there was like the light bulb moment. And then, uh, you know, kind of like the first half of the light bulb moment, mm-hmm. second half of the light bulb moment was understanding that there was no one else doing it. So at that yeah. point in time, I, um, I, I got really serious about it. And um, long story short, I met Dan Gilbert, who is the uh, owner of Quicken Loans. He's mm-hmm. the um, owner of the, the Cleveland Cavaliers. And I had the chance to pitch him my idea directly after the the, the um, wow. you know the Red Wings game to when I pitched him it was about five or six months. And I feel then, like that's like Shark Tank when you're like, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was some you're version like, of that. 
<laughs> you're yeah. always pitching like Mark Cuban. You're like, oh my God, like this is it. <laughs> yeah, it was a very, very scary moment. But, you know, it was oh, at the gosh. opening of the Greek Town Casino. He had just bought the Greek Town oh, Casino. Oh, wow. In Michigan. And it was like some black tie event. And I got to pitch him. And I, um, you know, I knew that it was happening. I, I threw a friend. Um, she had set this meeting up. And um, he goes, I like this idea so much. I want to put you in my business accelerator called Bizdom. <laughs> which is they accept five out of 5,000 applicants um, wow. at that time every year. It's a little different now. But uh, and so but he said, there's one caveat, Zach. He goes, if you want to do this, if I'm going to put you in my program, you can't be a entrepreneur. You have to be an entrepreneur, which means that you have to quit your job and you oh, do wow. this full time. Wow. And, uh, you know, I'm wow. 24, uh, you know. Uh, you know, no, no wife, no kids, no yeah, nothing. And I said, yeah. if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it now. Absolutely. And so I, I jumped right in. I quit my job and, you know, um, I met. There's some, a lot of risk with that, actually. I didn't realize yeah. that. Yeah. I'm oh, yeah. And so I I had met um, a couple of key individuals that uh, I don't believe in luck, but serendipitously I met these people and, you know, they introduced me to my, my head of technology who came in for equity as opposed to me going out and raising a bunch of money from private equity or yeah. venture capitalism. He came in and he, he said, Zach, I want to be your technology partner. He owns about half the, of the worldwide market with the technology he invented about 20 years ago. So at that point in time, um, his name is John Mars and my COO, Doyle Mosher, he, he's a very well-known Detroit entrepreneur. We all yeah. came together and we formed Wait Time. Um, you know, probably shortly thereafter, probably six months after I got into the uh, Bizdom, the Dan Gilbert program. That is so cool. So um, yeah. even with like the naming process, were you just like wait time, self-explanatory, let's go? Or <laughs> it, oh, Well, here's the thing. I So it was pretty quick. And I thought to myself, I go, what's, because, you know, you see all these, you hear all these names of these technology companies, like, like, like Vision Tronics Limited Corporation. Yeah. It's like, it's like, what does that even mean, right? So, like, for me, it was like, <laughs> okay, well, um, and obviously, it's much bigger than just sports right now, so it's, you know, just wait time. But uh, I wanted to, I wanted the name of the company to describe uh, something that everyone understood. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's not you, – you want it to be something that, like, there was a need for it, clearly. So, you want, like, someone just, like – even without knowing about um, the app or knowing about wait time, just typing in, like, is there something that could fix the wait times? <laughs> yeah, correct. Correct. Exactly. And so that's kind of how it happened. I mean, it was really cool. And, um, and you know, it was very scary, obviously, because, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm 20, you know, I'm 24 at the time. And my, um, my mom was like, Zach, you're quitting your job. You have a master's degree. Um, you know, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> you're going to like, you're wasting your degree. You went to school for five years. And and my dad's yeah. an entrepreneur. So he said, Zach, if you are going to do this, this is the time to do it. And When you don't and, have other responsibilities and yeah, correct. no no wife and kids or anything like that. Yeah, 100%. Cor correct. Correct. Or also exactly. what you did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exa yeah. So, but it was, um, it was a very um, crazy, crazy story. There's more, more to it, but yeah. Oh, of course. With um, Dan Gilbert. So I know that he originally invested and again, that was almost kind of like your shark tank, like Mark Cuban, like, you know, I'll invest this much for, you know, um, was it hard to get other investors or was it more just in Gilbert or like, how was that battle with getting other investors or really just growing wait time? Yeah, that good, good question. Um, 
So Dan, when Dan first invested and his group mm -hmm. first invested, it kind of put wait time and the idea of wait time on the radar that, okay, this is something to actually look at. You're, you're going to get a million no's, right? But you get my ear, you'll get a couple yeses. So, but it got me in the room to be able to be told no to, which if that makes sense. So at that point in time, um, you know, we did things very differently because John Mars came in the company who is the world leader in imaging and, and he owns a, a crazy amount of the worldwide market. He said, Zach, I don't, we don't want to go out and raise a bunch of money. We don't yeah. want to go out to venture capitalists or, or private equity. We want to do this internally. We want to have full control of, of, you know, the, you know, the company. So we did things very differently. We didn't actually go out and raise money conventionally. We aligned ourselves with very high net worth investors. For example, yeah. Michael, Michael Jordan's son is an investor in our company. Um, and some, you know, icons like that. So you're crazy. I, that's a whole different story. Uh, and so, <laughs> yeah, whole different story. And is so, it, is and, it like kind of friends of friends or is it more just, you know, you, it's basically, you know, family, like I'll call it, it's more than just friends and family uh, mm -hmm. funding. It's strategic friends and family funding. Yes. Um, so okay. everyone has a swim lane, right? Um, you know, <laughs> whether it be general counsel or PR or, um, you know, technology or operations or design, everyone has, um, you know, a part of the company. Um, which really motivates everyone to, to achieve yeah. the to achieve the goal that we're all looking for. Totally, one hundred percent. Zach, obviously, we've been talking about wait time this whole time. <laughs> um, can you explain a little bit more about how it truly works? Yeah, absolutely. So, so as I mentioned before, you know, people have tried to do this, and they try to do it through beacons and Bluetooth and Wi-Fi, which is all remedial and would, would always fail and will, will always fail. So, what we did is. When I met John Mars, we took a completely different approach. We said, we're going to use off-the-shelf cameras, just any off-the-shelf camera above a certain resolution. And what we're going to do is we're going to mount them above anywhere where there's a line. So you think of concession lines, restroom yeah. lines, retail lines, ingress to a stadium, egress. And we are going to look at the crowds. And on John, this is John talking, I am and my team are going to develop a set of algorithms. We have four algorithms that track individually the movement analysis of everyone in real time so we look at yeah. speed of movement every and that's inches per second we look at direction of movement because we place each mm -hmm. person on an x and y plane and yeah. we do all this inform this this tracking we do all this 24 times per second so mm -hmm. we're very accurate to determine if someone's passing um there are they passing through are they congregated are they actually in line progressing towards the front which is able that's how we're able to to calculate how the crowds are behaving at these different uh -huh. areas of in interest around the stadium, like concession lines, restroom lines, et cetera. And Crazy. so, yeah, well, so it's very creative, very, it's all um, very patented um, technology. Um, and it's never been done. <laughs> Nobody before, tried to copy is, this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can try, it's hard. Um, and, but yeah, it's very, very um, interesting. And obviously when, when you see it on the screen, um, it, it really speaks for itself. It's very, Futuristic, which of course at the beginning people were scared of, of future. They're scared of change, yeah. and they're scared of um, you know measuring what what's happening because it might actually identify deficiencies in your operations, right? Absolutely. And so you you have to think it. You have to think about it more proactively to say, okay, it's two thousand. Now it's twenty thousand twenty two. When we started, you know, it's two thousand whatever. We have to get with the times to be more progressive with technology. Yeah, and that was a very it was a very uphill battle. Gosh, 
But then you did it. And now, um, gosh, you're partnered with, you're at the Denver Broncos Stadium. Uh, you're partnered with I Intel. Did. You're partnered with Cisco. So uh, I see Oracle recently. Yeah, we did. Yeah. So we have, um, the way that we set up the company was really interesting because what we said is we don't want to, you know, as I mentioned, raise a bunch of money from, you know, private equity or VCs and, and go out and, um, you know, hire a bunch of salespeople. That is the worst thing that you could do in, in our situation. Um, because if you truly want to scale, you have to be with scalable entities like Cisco, Intel, Microsoft, um, you know, AT&T, Verizon, Oracle, and so what we did is we said, um, if we can provide value to those large organizations and their sales motions, if we can camouflage our solution into their sales motion, um, they will take us with them. And so we've, and this is not overnight, this is for the past five plus years, we've been integrating our products within the biggest and, and most exciting here is Cisco. And we've been, um, Ken Martin is the head of Cisco Sports Entertainment. Ken early on put his arms around wait time and said, Hey Zach, um, I know what you're trying to do and we can help you and you can help us. And so we created this symbiotic relationship between our, our two companies. And now we're at a point where Cisco um, I might kind of end around and I'll land this plane here in a second, but Cisco is now becoming our sales force uh, globally. So we don't wow. have to hire salespeople. There's our sales force for us, which of course everybody wins because they're able to sell more Cisco servers, cameras, switches, because that all enables wait time solution on our software. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Zach, mm -hmm. you you did it right. <laughs> I like to think, yeah, one day at a time, but you know, it's good to be with the right people. Being in the middle of playoff season, I know you're from Detroit, so obviously a huge Red Wings fan. Um and that's kind of that's that was the birth of the idea of Correct. wait time. Um Correct. how can venues across you know, hockey, baseball, basketball, um, all the sports, leverage technologies to better guide fans and then the overall fan experience. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you know, specifically to wait time, you know, the way that we kind of, as I mentioned to you, we changed our story is, yeah. you know, use our technology to diagnose crowd flow problems, um, you know, within your building and outside your building. Because if you know where the pinch points are, um, concession stands, restroom lines, ingress, uh, even outside the stadium at, you know, district plays, um, you know, di district areas, you know, our technology has a play inside and outside your building. So, it, you know, the playoffs, especially, especially the playoffs, it's all about throughput, right? Getting mm -hmm. the fans off the concourse, back into their seats to watch the game, um, you know, that that's in, and obviously enjoying, enjoying it while they're there, is really what wait time helps out with. So deploying the technology like ours um, for a more frictionless, contactless experience is really where you know we have and hold the most value. You know, especially in the playoffs because it's you know it's the playoffs. It's high high intensity. It's fast paced, and that's you know we're real time software, right? So you have <laughs> to calculate the crowds in real time to give operations a chance to make that experience better for the fans in real time. Totally. Um, so when COVID first hit, we saw a lot of conversations around how venues might use AI to help both guide crowd control and then also manage crowd flow. Um, 
Do you feel like venues kind of lost interest in this? Or uh, do you think the long-term vision for how venues would adapt or adapt towards this type of technology is kind of just become a little bit more practical as opposed to reactionary? Yeah, no, that's a good question. So what this what COVID <laughs> did um, for us was it woke people up, obviously yeah. in all kinds of different ways. And what it yeah. did is everything that we've been preaching five plus years before the pandemic, they finally, when pandemic and their their jobs were at risk and their stadiums and their arenas were not able to be open, they came back and they said, okay, now you have our attention um, because now this is at utmost importance. You know, what are crowds doing? Crowd management, crowd flow, monitoring crowds. So everything that we were addressing five plus years in the past, they finally they said, okay, now this makes sense because it made sense out of necessity. So it's not going away anytime soon. Exact, uh, on conversely, what it did is it actually um, it actually rewrote the rules about how buildings operate. And so with the way that we see it and the way that we're positioning what we're doing is, um, you know, building standards are changing, technology standards are changing. So what it did is it woke up the, um, you know, the operations teams and the leadership teams of these venues to say, okay, we're awake now, let's now formulate a strategy on crowd management moving forward. And then, of course, there's a lot of opportunistic companies that popped up and say, oh, we do crowd management now from the pandemic. And obviously, a lot of them have fallen to the wayside. So, um, you know, cream rises to the top. And so we're at a point now where because of the partnerships, because of the team that we it's not just any one person, the team that you put together and the, and the partners that you work with that are progressive, yeah. that help you sculpt your product to be impactful, like the Miami Heat yeah. and like, yeah. um, you know, T-Mobile Arena on, and Melbourne Cricket Ground, the ones that we work with, um, you know, that's when, you know, you start to actually make a, an impact with the story moving forward globally. Yeah. Wow. A hundred percent true. You also love, <laughs> you love those analogies. Would you just say cream doesn't, cream rises to the top? Right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's been told to me so much that I have to repeat it sometimes. So I've yeah. actually never heard that one. Oh, really? <laughs> this must be a, a Michigan thing. I yeah. should have heard it. Then. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Would, yeah. Okay, so you work with you grew up a sports fan. Um, is there any? And obviously, you've done a tremendous job uh, growing wait times um, or growing wait time, and you've really reached this pinnacle of success. Um, and it, it's growing and growing, and it's going to keep going. But was there one point or like one stadium that you went into or something like that where you're like, "Wow, I never, I didn't think this would happen," or you know what I mean? Something where you're like, "This yeah. wow." So there's a good story behind that. So it was really, I would say it was Melbourne Cricket Ground in Australia. So the Melbourne Cricket Ground, for everyone that doesn't know who that is, because I never knew, I didn't know who that was. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's, in, it's in Melbourne, Australia. It's not Melbourne. They will correct, but it's Melbourne. Melbourne. Uh, Melbourne, yeah. Yeah, Melbourne. <laughs> Southern Australia. <laughs> it's the biggest stadium. It's the it was one of the biggest stadiums in the world. And it's about 120,000 people max capacity. Um, and it's so big, it actually can fit Michigan, the big house, University of Michigan, inside of it. And so oh, that's wow. how big it is. Okay. And so it's a massive thing. And I was there. We've deployed wait time. I had no idea how big of a deal it was because of their reputation. Yeah. You know, and I had no idea about what AFL is, Australian, uh, you know, the, the AFL league and, you know, for footy in Australia to cricket 
to all the, this world that we don't really see over here in the States as stupid Americans. We don't really see this stuff. And so I went over there and I went to their grand final, which is their, is the comparable to their Super Bowl, except there's about 40,000, 30 to 40,000 more fans at the grand final, the AFL grand final. We went live there and we were live for the grand final. And I was standing in on the field um, before before the game. And mm-hmm. you're looking around at this oval. It Jeez. is. And it was like, you know, that scene in Gladiator when he, you know, yeah. when Russell Crowe walks out. Oh, and yeah. It was like the craziest thing. I'm like, oh. hey, how, how the hell am I here right now? Number one. Number two, what is oh. life? And number three, yeah. thank God we have this amazing team. There's this amazing team um, to help enable this to happen. So that was my kind of wow moment was yeah. the MCG grand final. Oh, my gosh. That's, I mean, yeah. I that sounds incredible. I would love to <laughs> love to be yeah. able to go. Um, obviously, again, you've had so many different successes. And um, you're the man with the plan, of course. Where, um, what's next? Like, what are, wh- is it just growing wait time still? Or um, any, any new entrepreneurial ideas? Or is it more kind of just continuing to grow? Yeah, well, we're we're in a growth phase right now for sure, mm-hmm. and you know we're we're really f- like laser focused on on what we're doing and other verticals. So sports is great because it's great for marketing and PR. Yep. Um, but what it did is that got the attention of um, uh, retail. So we're in Mall of America right now, which is one of the biggest, obviously, the malls in America, yeah. and we're and we're really um, innovating our solution to intersect with the retail market. And now we're yeah. in airports as well. So that led to airports. That led to wow. exhibition and convention centers. So the National Exhibition Center in England is the biggest in Umea, one of the most famous ones. And we got that about two or three months ago, which was a big deal for us because that allowed us to have more use cases of our technology that started off in sports. So for us, it's really to grow those verticals. So, you know, what's happening now is, um, you know, we went horizontal. So sports and then retail, and then airports, and then convention centers. And now it's going vertical with those. With those, So it's um, it's very interesting to see what's happening. And, you know, once an entrepreneur, always an entrepreneur. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I want to do, uh, you know, a couple of, in, in, you know, investments on personal investments and, you know, having Jeff Jordan, you know, Jeff Jordan as part of my, uh, as part oh, yeah. of my time, you know, as, you know, obviously Michael Jordan's son is an investor, you know, there's a lot of stuff that he's working on. And so everyone, it's all about connecting the dots, right? And so yeah, yeah. Um, it's really interesting to see kind of what's happened to this point in time and who's reached out and who's trying to get involved. And it's very, it's, um, you know, when you take it one day at a time, you always, you know, you grind hard and stay humble. And, you know, you always deflect, you deflect kudos to the rest of your team. Always deflect kudos. Of course. Um, wait, so just to go back really quick, when you're talking about um, airports, so mm-hmm. is it that like, say there's a uh, McDonald's event or an Auntie Anne's like pretzels, would it be those lines or is it also like a Hudson News? Is it the line there? or is it Everything. Just- so all oh. concessions, QSRs within, okay. uh, within airport to security lines to TSA. Oh. Now we've gotten some good interest from TSA from a government standpoint, homeland security standpoint. So it's really about um, the entire ecosystem of an airport. 
in yeah. ways that you didn't think so. So for example, we have a, an algorithm called entry exit, which monitors how many people are entering, exiting certain environments, no matter mm -hmm. how big the entryway it could be a hundred feet wide. Yeah. And, um, and so basically, you know, cleaning and operations of cleaning bathrooms, restocking it with um, toilet paper and paper towel based off of the real-time data feed that we have with our solution. Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty cool Gosh. to see how it's un unfolded. Yeah. Over, so when sports, time. sports, retail. Um, Convention centers and exhibition centers, uh, airports. Yeah, I mean, and, anywhere. Yeah. yeah. Correct. God. Yeah. We're I at a am, um, interesting point in time. I'm very... Uh, very impressed. Very, um, for the moment I met you, we had our uh, Southern California, both born and there, and then oh, yeah. Michigan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, honestly, I, I think this is absolutely incredible. And I have nothing but the best things to say. But also, I'm a hunt. It's not even wish you all the best. I'm, I'm positive that this is just going to keep expanding more and more and more. And um, I'm, I'm so excited about it. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, you know, it takes it takes a whole team. And if it wasn't for every single person in the company, none of this would have happened. And you yeah. know, if for for us, it's um, you know, you kind of you knock on wood a lot, you know, and uh, and you but you always you work your you, you work your ass off to make it happen. And and then everyone <laughs> rows the rows the boat in the same direction. And you are. It is the. Um... I feel like you don't, everyone wants to be an entrepreneur nowadays, but you really made your own shark tank experience happen. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. It's, um, you know, don't be afraid to talk about your ideas. You know, everyone, when yeah. I first started, um, and I, I, I had been in this, this class of entrepreneurs and they were like, oh, well, I need you to sign this NDA or I'm afraid to talk about my idea because I think people are going to take it. It's like, no, that's so silly. Talk about your idea because if you don't talk about it, it's never going to happen. And so you yeah. never know who you're going to meet. You never know who you're going to meet. So, so, so always don't be afraid to talk about it. And, um, and don't be, uh, and don't be afraid to ask for things, right? Don't be afraid mm -hmm. to ask for help because you don't know what you don't know. So you'd be surprised how many people are apt to help out. I think it's amazing. Um, well, Zach, thank you so much. Thank you for all thank the you. advice that all the entrepreneurs out here. And honestly, it's just so cool to hear everything going on with wait time. But um, appreciate you coming on. And uh, I'm sure I'll talk to you soon. But thank you so much again. You are a fantastic guest on Game Changers. And so happy to have you. Awesome. Thank you so much.